Welcome to the Twins Talk It Up podcast, where my identical twin brother and I share our thoughts and provide solutions for executives and professionals who want to become masters of speaking and communicating so that they can maximize their influence and impact. Yes, we are identical twins who happen to also be public speakers, executive coaches, and sales leaders. Our company, DSB Leadership Group, focuses on equipping leaders who want to speak with confidence and authority, all while using their authentic voice. Here on the Twins Talk It Up podcast, we present topics about communication and leadership from our perspective as individuals and as twins. Welcome to the Twins Talk It Up podcast. How many times have you heard of a company or a senior executive botch or mess up a situation so severely that they only made it worse, perhaps a hundred or even a thousand times worse? They failed to display empathy, or perhaps they don't acknowledge the situation in the right way, or even in a timely way. They never quite apologize, or perhaps apology is not sincere. Mistakes are bound to happen because world events happen, natural events happen, things take place. Our special guest today will share why you shouldn't wait for a tragic event or for an organization to mess up something internally or externally. We're going to talk with Jennifer McGinley. She's the founder of JLM Strategic Communications based right here in my state of Maryland. Her company specializes in media relations, community outreach, and reputation management. She helps her clients increase connections, visibility, and credibility through strategic public relations partners and campaigns. Jennifer, welcome to the Twins Talking Up program. How are you? Good, good. This is so exciting to be here. I really, really appreciate it. I'm excited. This is Danny. And... I'm really excited to have you on board. I'm actually in the IT industry and we actually had one of the big vendors that was breached um, and hacked. So you, you can tell when, it, when a CEO comes on and speaks, <clears throat> whether or not that CEO is authentic, apologetic or making excuses. And it doesn't matter your size, the fact that a CEO can come on board and say, well, only a small number of customers were affected. Um, I would tell you that he needed a little bit more work on how he, how he provided his delivery because we weren't convinced. So I think that he was trying to put out a fire and only made it worse in my personal opinion. And I'm not going to name the name, the firm at this moment, but uh, if you look uh, on the internet over the last week and a half, you'll know who that company is. So I think they could have used a, <laughs> They could have used you, Jennifer, to help the CEO deliver the message more authentically and uh, in a better response. So let's tell our audience today, what is a PR firm? When do you need a PR firm? Is it only when it, there's a fire that you need put out? Is it because the company needs to deliver a specific message to specific users? When do firms need to work with you and your company? A fantastic question. And if a PR firm, I mean, if an organization can afford it at the very beginning, I highly recommend it because that way you all grow together. And I think that is extremely, extremely important. And also um, to touch on the crisis communication part, I always say it's not a matter of if a crisis happens, it's a matter of when. Mm. And you totally need to prepare ahead. And you know what that is? The key to that is media training. Mm -hmm. And we could go into, I could talk about that for hours and how to do it. Um, 
to be really organized. And I think the most important part is for a leader to be clear and consistent and genuine and lead with empathy, honesty, and transparency. And those are all things we can see from eye contact, preparation, and really the internal communications part too with the employees. So to be blindsided is a nightmare and every organization needs to be prepared. Jennifer, yeah, this this is David, and I, I appreciate you sharing that. And from time to time, you're here, myself or my twin, really acknowledge who's asking the questions or who's presenting their question because our audience might get confused as to which twin is speaking. But Jennifer, I appreciate you mentioning the importance of working with a PR firm, even at the very beginning stages. Can you talk in terms of how an organization, let's say you're and by the way, I, I don't know if you're industry specific, but I believe that from our conversations in the past, you've specialized mostly in the healthcare and nonprofit spaces, right? Exactly. Okay. So if, if an organization approaches you and they know that they're getting ready to launch their company, and there's one in, in Maryland here that, that I've been speaking with in the last couple of weeks about doing that, and they want to work with you from the onset, what should they know about working with you? versus just, let's say, working with an advertising firm? What should they know about working with you in terms of building that partnership in the very beginning? That's a fantastic question again as well. And it's really public relations. And it's within my field, it's always talked about how do we um, differentiate between marketing, advertising, communications, like or PR. Um, public relations, it's all about building relationships. It's all about connecting, communicating, and consistency. And so... You can bring on an ad agency if you're, you have the dollars, and that's a lot more money to spend. It depends really what your mission is and who your audience is and your goals. Public relations tends to work best for nonprofits, healthcare, really any organization too, but you really have to have a budget. Um, I've worked with a couple of organizations that we were all in and then they couldn't afford it anymore. And you really have to be thoughtful and moving forward because you can't stop and start PR mm. because then what happens is you um, start and stop relationships and then you lose your credibility. And that's what I've seen. So you wow. have to be very, very thoughtful and set aside a budget. If you don't have a budget, then I would recommend, which I did a couple of months ago, I did an hour or two hour um, kind of a prep strategy call about what public relations is. And it was just for an individual starting in a certain industry. And, you know, she hopes to be able to afford my services in the future, but I can get an organization started and I can help them prepare and how I do that. And I hope this is a good place to start. It's, it's really figuring out the who, what, when, where, and why. So you can really write that down. In fact, I've, I've been interviewed um, in, a, in a couple of publications talking about this. Um, so it's the who, what, when, where, why, and how. It's about your mission, your vision, your purpose, your audience. So once you get that kind of um, honed in, so to speak, um, and your messaging um, and your purpose, um, and that I would envision, you know, if it's a startup company, you're sitting around a table and it's almost just with a whiteboard or your legal pads out saying, all right, guys, this is where we're starting our organization. How are we going to move forward? And then you can hop on a call with a PR consultant and they can kind of give you some tips and tricks and tools to get started as well. But I think an organization needs from the get-go to have an idea because it, it kind of goes back to that crisis. If something were to happen 
and they get called up and they have no idea how to speak um, clearly about the situation, then they're going to lose credibility right away. Mm. It's better to be prepared. And um, I think when you prepare your team internally first, along with HR, which you had sent me a question about that, you know, H, I used to work with HR departments because internal communications needs to be done first before you go outside to the public because your internal team and your employees are your best advocates. You know, it's the word of mouth, you know, and there's so much that can be discussed about that as well with the social media part to that too. So you go inside first, perfect the messaging there, make sure everybody's on the same page and really understands, you know, the values, the mission, the purpose um, and messaging before you go outside. And when you start small, it just becomes a habit that everybody knows what's going on. And I always say, no silos, no (laughs) silos. Every team, every department needs to know what's going on. And if, it's the hard questions and the hard responses. So be it. It's better to be clear and honest instead. We'll be right back after this short break. We want to thank our sponsor for today's episode, Live Love Thanks. Live Love Thanks helps purpose-driven women leaders, executives, and entrepreneurs to permanently eliminate clutter and end stress and overwhelm so they can move forward in their careers, relationships, and health. Visit LiveLoveThanks.com for impactful coaching and program professional women. I am delighted to announce that App Meetup's customers can now benefit from the presentation and speaking training courses with our integration and partnership with DSB Leadership Group. DSB Leadership Group is committed to providing training and resources to support professionals becoming more effective communicators and increase their impact and value. And that is the reason why App Meetup and DSP Leadership Group have formed a partnership to make sure that our MSPs, which is you, can be effective and powerful speakers in the community. Whether you are hosting a major conference, a specialized training, or a year-end corporate event, finding the right keynote speaker or breakout speaker should be at the top of your priority list. Partner with Elite Speaker Services to book speakers according to your specifications and needs. Elite Speaker Services has the depth of speakers and the experience to bring you peace of mind and a successful event. Go to EliteSpeakerServices.com for all your event needs. Let us deliver the message your audience needs to hear. Let us deliver beyond your expectations. Thank you for listening to the Twins Talk It Up podcast. As a special thank you, we have an amazing offer for our listeners. 20% off products or services on our website. Just send us an email with the subject line podcast, and we will send you that special discount code at dsbleadershipgroup.com. And now, let's get back to the episode. Welcome back to Twins Talk It Up podcast. This is Danny, and I really appreciate that. When I sit down with our, my clients, or when Dave sits down with the, his clients, we always like to sit down and put together a strategy. Mm-hmm. And I am, I am amazed, Jennifer, how so many organizations do not have a strategy. <laughs> uh, well, we just want to grow by 200% year-over-year growth. Well, what's your strategy? Well, just hire more salespeople or make more phone calls. <laughs> and I'm so happy to hear that the 
the, the ability to engage your firm to go and have a PR strategy should be done in the beginning. It should be budgeted out. That way, everybody's involved. Before you go in external, you have to do internal. And you have brought up the five key points. Who, what, where, when, why, and how. So six. And if you can't answer these questions as an organization, then you're really going to be shooting yourself in the foot. As you said mm-hmm. earlier, if an organization doesn't plan and budget, budget for PR ahead of time, and they start doing PR and then they stop all of a sudden, they're actually hurting their brand. They're hurting their image. They're hurting the message they're giving out, not only to the, internally for their employees, but externally to their end users, their clients, their ideal clients, or their ideal buyers is what we like to call them, ICP, mm-hmm. ideal client profile. So it's very important to get you and your firm engaged in the very beginning. Now, one of the questions that customers may have is, can engaging a PR firm and bringing PR marketing together, can it actually lead to increased sales, increased ROI? And I think the answer is definitely yes, but I think our audience wants to know a little bit more, Jennifer, if you can actually uh, shed a little bit more insight on how marketing, HR, and PR together can actually increase the profitability of a company. Excellent question, of course. Uh, when everybody works together and everybody knows the goals and the strategy and deadlines, right, and expectations, expectations need to be set first. And for marketing, the bottom line or the ROI is more of a financial one. It's a little bit more tangible. The bottom line for public relations is relationships, like I said before. Mm -hmm. So when you intertwine them together and make them fit together like a part of the puzzle, then everything kind of moves together and the attraction starts to happen and the momentum. So in fact, I'm working with an organization right now up outside of Philadelphia. It's It's a community hospital. And I'm working with the marketing team, right? And HR for recruiting because they need more employees or providers. But I'm also starting a PR campaign for them and I'm doing their social media content curation. And this all works together because they have a goal to increase awareness for the organization, rise above the competition in their their niche market but also work with HR. So really we're all working together as a team with a common goal. So that's kind of, that's the perfect scenario. And it's exciting uh, because that's the way it should be done. But this organization's actually, we're celebrating 50 years, but they're part of, they're part of a much, much larger, larger academic institution. So I'm kind of, I'm very spoiled in that way and very lucky. And that's where I started my career. Um, working with you know very established organizations, but I can take that knowledge and bring it down and hone it in for a startup because I already know what the potential is and I see it, and I think that's one of the gifts of being in public relations. I've been in it since 1991, right out of college, um, but I have that experience and the know-how and the wisdom. And I'm so grateful for all of the work I've done and the amazing people I've worked with that I can, I can take all of those experiences and lessons and failures and use them now and kind of infuse them into my current work and my current client work. Jennifer, this is David. And I appreciate you sharing not only about leveraging relationships, and that's part of what you do as a 
professional firm is you really establish those relationships, you build those relationships. And basically those organizations, because they trust you, you're that bridge for that startup or you're that bridge for that small firm trying to get into that market. Right. Mm -hmm. So I have to ask you a question because you made a point here about working with this marketing department of this hospital or this healthcare group. You, you mentioned the word curating or at least the phrase curating content. What does that mean exactly? And why is this important for you to build that partnership with an organization to essentially take their content and create it? Excellent. And it's it's the first opportunity I've had to do something like this. And I'm so excited because the organization I'm working with has like a plethora of amazing content that's already already been professionally created. And so now they've brought me on uh, to get the most out of it, amplify it, and, and really spread the word about how amazing this organization is. And we're using two social media platforms currently. We're using LinkedIn and Facebook. And if you think about that, that is a completely polar opposite audience in a way. One's very local. We need to really nurture this group of people. They're using the services. And then for LinkedIn, it's about the providers need their education and we need to support the providers. So it's given me such, it, it literally is so fun to get up every day and be creative. And another really huge important part for me, not only my ethics, my values, um, the way I do my work, it's trust. Trust is huge. I mentioned to somebody that I was, it might be a potential client that we need complete trust and honesty when working together so that I can go down the rabbit holes if I'm up at three in the morning because I'm concerned about something or I need more content, they trust me to get that work done and that it'll be 110% and to the best of my ability at all times. And um, I also, you know, the relationships I have, in fact, I just spoke a couple of weeks ago with an anchor woman in Philadelphia that I did an internship with back in college and we are still in touch. In fact, mm -hmm. the client that I'm working with now, I've known her since 1996. So when I say I value and covet and treasure my connections and my contacts, I, I really mean that. And I, it's just, I'm very, very lucky and very grateful that I have the opportunity to kind of bring in people and brainstorm if I need to, or get support in some way so that I can help people moving forward. This is Danny, and I, I appreciate that you really emphasize relationships. And earlier you said taking away the silos. And there's so many organizations that have so many silos where they, they don't communicate with, with each other. And when they launch a brand or they launch a software update or they launch new product releases, whatever it may be, and, and customers are not happy or internally <clears throat> people aren't on the same page, whatever it may be, it can actually cause more damage. So... Tell the audience a little bit more about really how you you really focus on the social media or how you build out these campaigns so that the audience can get the message, the right message that the company wants. Because you you really emphasize how you got to get rid of the silos. Engineering has to work with product management. Product management works with product marketing. Product marketing has to work with sales. So sales reps aren't selling things that that's not available. Everyone has to be on the same page. The CEO or the head of um, HR gets out and, and speaks to the media and talk, talks about how great this product is going to be. So everybody's got to work together and it's got to be all together. But as you're, as you're getting everyone to talk together, 
and getting everybody internally on the same page, getting rid of the silos, and you're about to do this big launch. How do you how do you put that strategy together in place? How do you build up this campaign so that when it gets launched, when the media gets a hold of it, when the audience gets a hold of it, it looks like it's all on all one team doing it? Because it seems like a lot of moving pieces. So many, and that's why I usually say it's the spider web. web analogy I use is for the connections, mm. but then it's a puzzle that needs to be put together properly too. So we should really kind of back up a little bit. So people watching and listening can understand that when you are a new organization, you need to first start at the beginning. You need to have a professional looking website and you can slap up something to get started because it gets you on there. And that was what I was told when I first started just my own business. And then you need to, like I said, do the who, what, where, when, why, and how scenario, work on your internal messaging, and then talk about your external messaging. Mm. Uh, you also, for leaders, you need to have professional headshots done. You mm. need to have bios done. So these are those, those kind of root or foundational tasks that need to be completed first. Because I've got on websites, they're also... So the one thing that really is a detail is at the bottom, make sure that the copyright or whatever on your, the bottom of your website is up to date, like 2021. Um, that just keep everything up to date, keep everything up to date, put everything out there and up there that is appropriate. It, it makes you almost a little bit more um, attractive to the community that you want to serve or the media as well. Um, I've gotten so many comments from journalists and other people within the media space that they want to use somebody as a source, but they can't even find a phone number. They can't find the bio. They don't know what their social media platforms are. Mm. They don't know what prior press they have. So I always say, make it easy. And my job is to tell the organizations what to do, help them curate that content mm. and get everything moving then you need to make sure you have all your social media content up to date. And actually, if you're not on social media right now, it is as if you do not exist, mm. especially if you are seeking publicity. And I always say, if you're truly, truly looking for hardcore media placements, you need to be on Twitter. You have to be on Twitter because um, journalists are sourcing content and looking for experts 24 seven and they're mm -hmm. desperate. In fact, a journalist just said, I need somebody and I can't even find somebody. Nobody's responding. And that's, that is a nightmare. I have a rule of getting back to a source within 30 to 45 minutes, an hour max, because you know what? I'm, there's no cost associated with media placements. And I don't mean to, to move all over the place, but that's kind of going from that internal moving to external into that potential goal of getting a media placement. That's how it all happens. You have to do the work ahead of time. And, you know, there, there are no guarantees working with public relations. That's what's hard for people to put it in a budget. And that's why trust is really important. Like I mentioned before, uh, you know, and I've been asked like, well, I want to get my client into Forbes. Hmm. That's a fabulous goal. But first of all, is it appropriate? Do you deserve to be there? And what work have you done prior to be legitimately a part of it? I've even had someone say, well, can you get me in the today on the Today Show tomorrow? Probably not. 
you know, I don't personally know the assistant producer there right now. They're changing all the time. Mm -hmm. And if a story is that valuable and really could go viral or get national publicity, it, it will happen because mm -hmm. I've seen it. I got a client on Good Morning America a year ago and I kind of saw that potential. And I, I know what the news is. I have worked in a newsroom. I adore journalists. And I have amazing connections that if I need anything, yep. uh, my credibility level and my reputation are such that I can make things happen. But it's not magic. Yep. You know, it's, it's not going to happen today or tomorrow. It's uh, sometimes it's a slow climb. It mm -hmm. could be a part of trending or breaking news. But uh, it's the hard work has to be done first. Yeah. Jennifer, this is this is David, and I appreciate you sharing that. It's very rare to be able to see someone just pop on the scene and instantly get that stage. And it might take time. It's the whole analogy of sports. You got to go through the minor leagues sometimes to get to the majors. And as you go through the minors, then people get to see your reputation. They get to see your consistency. There you go. I wanted to really do a follow-up, but before I go into my question, Jennifer, you made a great point. If you're not really visible on the social media uh, stages, you're really not visible to anybody. You've got to be relevant online. And I see your Twitter posts all the time. And I'm thinking to myself, Dave, you probably need to put a little bit more, more effort into your Twitter, Twitter presence. Yeah. And so it's really good to be able to hear that you can do little things to make sure you're consistent online, because that's really what people want to see, just consistency. The same message, the same type of uh, frequency or how often you get it out there, that's what's important. And they won't get confused if it's consistent and it is coming out with the same type of message. Am I right? Yes. The yeah. other important tip is engagement. Mm. Um, you really just throwing stuff up there and walking away. I always say, don't post and ghost. Mm. I go oh. on in the morning around 730 and I start on all my social media platforms. And while I'm watching the news and sometimes while I have a laptop in front of me. So I'm good at multitasking. My brain just is more energized and inspired that way. And so we want to be like Wendy's <laughs> on social media when they do their Twitter posts. <laughs> right. But you, you know, I need to engage with people. I need to provide value. My clients need to provide value in order to get that payback or that, mm. you know, uh, the flip side, right? Cause it, it has to be a bit of reciprocity. We need to be reciprocal. I need yep. to provide value in order to get the value. And it doesn't all happen at the same time. Sometimes I'm just, you know, putting out all my tips, my tricks, putting up my media interviews that I've done or podcasts, because there's a lot of value in what I can offer and teach others. Um, but then on the flip side, if I need help, I can go to someone. You know, in fact, I had a meeting with somebody out on the West Coast and she's kind of a podcast expert. So we help, we help each other and it's, it's amazing. And I, I appreciate that so much um, when people can work together and really it's collaboration. Yep. Yep. You know, yep. and I have, I have a, a phrase that just, I use all the time is clear, consistent content and communication, build a community because mm. that's what all organizations, whether it's a for-profit or nonprofit, you're building a community and you need to surround yourself with people that are your advocates and can speak on your behalf 
have seen you in action, trust you, and that's how it all starts to work. So that, you know, you mentioned a client that I have and I helped her launch her book and she's now finding it's all happening for her and it's, it's, it's in cycles. It was the first bump. We're like, yes. Then the second, and then something big happened for her this week with a large university. So, you know, it's, it's better. And I think it's higher quality when it's a slow climb because there's a lot more depth and character to -hmm. that organization, individual or brand. And so that's what I've seen as an entrepreneur working with individuals. Uh, you know, when you're working for, I've worked for the University of Maryland School of Medicine, the, the um, uh, School of Pharmacy or, you know, healthcare organizations in the Philadelphia area, you know, they're established. So I don't have to, I didn't have to be as proactive. That's more of a reactive um, type of work. And so I've kind of learned, it's, it's like almost full circle. I have the whole picture now of how, how it all works. We'll be right back after this short break. We want to thank our sponsor for today's episode, Paul Jackowitz of pauljackowitz.com. For all your website design and management needs, visit Paul Jackowitz. That's Paul J A C K I E W I C Z.com. Thank you for checking out the DSB Leadership Speaking Podcast. If you are enjoying the program and are learning something along with us, please consider becoming a supporting member through our Patreon page at patreon.com slash twins talk it up. Also, consider leaving a five-star rating on Apple and comment on our other platforms, including YouTube. If you'd like to learn more, and get more information, we would like you to become a guest on our future episode. Send us a message via our website at www.dsbleadershipgroup.com. Are you projecting the right image to your market? Are you optimizing your name recognition and presence online? Elite Public Image is a leader in strategic communications and marketing solutions, ranging from public relations brand communications, and content marketing strategy to social media and reputation management for businesses, professionals, and VIPs of all types. Whether you're looking to develop a particular brand or need a brand refresh, look no further than Elite Public Image. Visit ElitePublicImage.com and let Elite put their experience to work for you. Thank you for listening to the Twins Talk It Up podcast. As a special thank you, we have an amazing offer for our listeners for a free consultation over the next two weeks. Visit our website and schedule your free 30-minute consultation. And now, let's get back to the episode. Welcome back to Twins Talk It Up podcast. And this is David again. I love that you've shared so much about trust You've shared the idea, or at least the concept of building consistently, building the right content, and then continuing to put it out there. Even your own personal life example, I get up in the morning at 7.30 every day, I'm consistent. And that's really what it is. You want to be that in that mindset going forward. And by the way, you, I have to pick your brain because there are a couple organizations I need to get into here in Maryland. Jen, who do you know at Under Armour? Who do you know? Whatever. So, but here's a question I want to ask. Earlier, we really heard about 
your approach to working with organizations to handle, let's say, crisis, crisis management or mitigating these extravagant circumstances. And you mentioned that it's not a matter of if it's going to happen. Right. So I read somewhere that on average, an organization could expect at least one what they would consider a crisis situation per year. And it may not be something as big as you might see in the news, but it's something that for that organization can be a crisis. And so I want to talk about this because a couple of years ago, 2018 in Philadelphia, right? We talked about this here uh, not too long ago, that there was a situation where Starbucks had um, two African-American men that were arrested there in that location. And what was interesting about the events around that, the opportunity that Starbucks had. They could have responded right away. They could have taken forever. And we know what happens when there's silence, we get suspicious. And so what happened with Starbucks is they quickly turned around, apologized for the situation. They closed more than 8,000 of their locations, Mm. okay, to provide what we call racial bias training to over 175,000 employees. And for those locations they couldn't close, they encouraged their employees to go in for training nonetheless. So not just that, but Starbucks also offered, from what I read, what they call college or employee college tuition uh, assistance program, where they wanted their employees not just to get trained through them, but to say, hey, we want you to go out and get further training through these universities that are in partnerships with them. Can you talk about how organizations can react successfully? Maybe in your mind, Starbucks was successful, or maybe there's an organization that you could think of that wasn't successful, and not just how they react, but what are some steps that we can keep in mind if we're not such a big conglomerate or giant known around the world yet to handle a crisis? Yeah, I, I, I think the best first step is to be an organization and set a day aside ASAP, sit around a table with a whiteboard, or your notebooks and talk about what types of crises could happen. Just list them. Mm. Our building could burn down. We could have an active shooter come in the front door. Mm. We could have another pandemic, a hurricane or tornado. Um, We could have an employee that comes down with an illness, Um, an unhappy employee post on social media, right? So you can come up with scenarios first and then you can kind of underneath those do three talking points per. I, I like things in triangles. Um, I always say three talking points and then get out and shut your mouth <laughs> so you don't say too much. And then you, what you can do, and I was a great, um, well, ex- very experienced PR pro, did a crisis communications talk, um, did a crisis talk for us at the beginning of COVID. And I didn't think about it either. You need everything to be on your mobile devices. You need your phone numbers. You need it on, you know, on your iPad or your phone um, so that you can have everything at a moment's notice. Because most, most things happen four in the morning, six in the morning, on a weekend, in the evening. So it's better to be prepared mm. to talk about what could happen and you know, who is going to be the spokesperson? How are you going to communicate this is going on with your team? You know, who is going to be involved right at the get-go? Who will not be involved? Um, Talk with your employees about it. If there's a crisis, if you see something, say something. And that, again, goes back to the trust of your leadership team. So that if something does happen, you're not going to keep your mouth shut about it, you know, you're going to move forward thoughtfully, strategically, with transparency. Right. Uh, 
so that you can come out of it ahead. And actually, I did some videos on this too. The most important, the next step too, is letting your external communities know what's going on. And you need to have a community already that trusts you and values you to back you up in a crisis so that you can move um, ahead in a positive light. So, you know, that's that planning ahead. If nobody knows who you are or what you do and why and trusts you, you can't build a community so that when something bad happens to you, you've got people behind you. It's kind of on a personal note. If you have a death in the family or an illness and you don't know anybody, no one can help you. So if you build trust and really good relationships and people care about you, Mm -hmm. they're going to come to bat for you. And so that's kind of what it's like. This is Danny. I want to kind of veer the topic off just a little bit on, um, as you talked, you mentioned that if you had a definite family or something's going on, if people know you, they know what's going on. One of the things that just came out of the news this week, Jennifer, is that during this health, health pandemic, you know, there's a lot of companies now trying to figure out the strategy of when employees should go work, work at the office again. And I would tell you a lot of people, they didn't get spoiled. They, they uh, got accustomed to working from home. Mm. And there are actually studies that show that people working from home, from home were actually more productive yeah. than when they're at their office. So Google made this announcement that they want 80% of the workforce to go back to the office pre, pre-pandemic, mm-hmm. um, what it was like pre-pandemic. And there's just a huge social media backlash because one of the first six employees at Google made an announcement internally that he's, he's moving his whole family to New Zealand to work remotely. Whereas the rest of the company is told that they have to go work back at the office. And so there's this big backlash now about, well, you, you're going to force everybody to go back to the office now. You're going to, when people have already got used to working from home, they're driving, they're more productive, their kids, taking care of the kids, having to go find a new uh, babysitter or go find a new daycare. So there, there's this big backlash going on. Uh, what do you think should happen and how can firms be more aware and take advantage of this aspect of going back to work, return to work? Should it be implementing this as part of a a strategy, an HR strategy, and then announcing it the right way? Because Google has been doing these announcements and people are like, wow, what a great strategy and all that. But when it actually happened, boom, there was a huge backlash. Employees are quitting now. They're threatening to leave. Senior executives are quitting because of this. (laughs) What should we be doing? That is all your silos, that's all HR, that's internal communications. And my recommendation would be to get the buy-in of the employees first, mm-hmm. right? And do a town hall. Um, where I've worked a couple of places, they, they did town halls where the CEO or the leader would talk and say, how do you feel about this? What do you think about this? Do a poll. You need to involve your employees or mm. they're going to feel shut out and angry and disrespected and not work as hard. And, you know, I've worked at organizations where they would not let me work from home. And that was hard as a mom of two small kids. My husband's job is very, he cannot just leave at a moment's notice. So Mm. I wouldn't have any backup or childcare. And that was really hard. And now that organization is, everybody did really, really well working from home. You know, it, I think you should be able to work where you're most productive mm-hmm. and most trusted and happiest mm. to give your life balance. But 
that is not my expertise. I'm not an HR expert um, or recruiting or the legal aspect of this whole thing. But when you as an outsider are looking at a brand and you're seeing this kind of zigzag and mixed messaging and confusion and disrespect toward employees, that organization, individual or brand is not doing themselves a service and not clearly communicating externally and really tarnishing their own reputation. And these organizations obviously have to work with a legal team and recruitment and HR to clean this up and to be really consistent and have a solid plan um, involving their employees first and then present it um, in a way that is really appropriate for everybody and really professionally done. Jennifer, Jennifer, I love that. And I appreciate just the continued emphasis that you've made on the importance of internally communicating the plan, internally getting buy-in, making sure that the family at home feels great about what you're going to say when you get out the house. And, And I think that's so awesome. I appreciate that. It's really the concept or the idea of having true partnerships internally. And I think my brother used to make this comment in some of our meetings that you got to have this spirit of almost an internal entrepreneurial spirit where people have the freedom to share ideas with each other and they feel great about what they're saying. They feel good about what the leaders are doing. And then when you go out, guess what? They have the ability to reinforce what's being said on social media. They have the ability to go and tell their employee, their friends and their neighbors, no, this is what we stand for. What you see as the core values on the website, that's who we are at home. And I love that you've made that echo, but I want to ask you about another partnership here. Okay, the whole aspect of working with professionals like yourself, firms like yourself, public relations firms, is that partnership. We talk about trust, trusting inside, trusting outside. So I want to ask you this. You you had an acronym you mentioned before, and I would literally be remiss if I didn't ask you about this. H-A-R-O, Harold, when you talk about partnerships, how do we help each other out? How do we help your, let's say, social media interface, your the reporters? The, the publicists, how do we help each other out? Talk about what that acronym means, H-A-R-O, because we're not just talking about partnerships internally, we're talking about partnerships externally. Right, and Help a Reporter Out is um, a tool with Cision, a big media company. And that is something organizations can use on their own, and it's free. It's helpareporterout.com, helpareporter.com um, through Cision. And you can get curated uh, journalist requests three times a day, five days a week. And you can, you know, submit your information and messaging to be included in media outlets. And that's a great way for somebody that cannot afford to hire a PR pro to get in the media. And I know a lot of people that are doing that on their own. It's great. Yeah. Wow. I we love need that. to work together. I think that's, you know, There's a lot of negativity surrounding journalism and I understand that and I completely value that opinion. And people are afraid of the media because they don't wanna talk and they don't wanna say something wrong or something that is going to tarnish their reputation. Uh, But that really starts with that organization and that's their opinion. When you're prepared ahead of time and everything is really clear and everybody knows what's going on, there should be no fear there so that then you can help the media. And once you start, especially locally, I always tell my clients, go local first, Mm. build up a great relationship with your local media because they'll have other connections and they'll, you can be their go-to if they need something, right? 
hand off your headshot, your bio and topics that you can talk about to help them. You need to help them first and then they'll help you back. And it's really a collaborative effort. Yeah, for sure. I I appreciate that. This is Danny. Um, What I want to make sure the audience knows is that as we go forward, please make sure you go to the Twins Talk It Up podcast on your favorite platform. Make sure you subscribe to us and, and make sure that when you subscribe to us, make sure you give a good rating because what we want to do is we want to make sure we bring professionals like Jennifer back so that she can share her insights, her strategy in order to help make your business more profitable. And that's really the goal of our Twins Talk It Up podcast. So as we, as we go back to what you're saying, Jennifer, and making sure that uh, the organization's are ready to go. They have kind of pre-scripted things in case an emergencies happen. You talked about they did the pre-planning. Well, what's going to happen if, if a disaster happens or uh, an employee quits or employee leaves and all these other things and make sure that you, at least you're ready. You also mentioned how you get up first thing in the morning, you're, you're putting your time into Twitter, you're putting your time into responding to your customers, opportunities and your clients. You're putting in the work. Now we're asking our clients, our customers, people who listen to our podcast, put in the work. Make sure that not only do you think about what you do every day, not only do you think about your clients, not only do you think about the social media strategy, all these things, it's very important to get people like Jennifer involved in the beginning. It's very important to budget the PR firms in the beginning. So Jennifer, I'm going to ask, because you spend so much time helping your clients, putting together a strategy, making yourself kind of available 24 by seven because you have to be ready when a crisis happens or good news happens, everything, all that stuff that's happening. Should your clients also do more planning so that they can be ahead of the game? And what I mean by that is instead of waiting for something bad to happen, what can they do to be ahead of the game to prepare themselves so that when they meet with you, it is a shorter meeting. It is a meeting ready to go to market. And then yet you're like the Pope, you're going to bless it so that it's ready to go. We, we, we're, we're all in a fast moving work environment today. So what can clients do to get ahead, to be prepared so that when you come into the door, it's like, yes, let's go make some money because yes, I bless this. Yes, let's make it happen. So what can clients do to get on top of the game? Right. It's like I said about the who, what, when, where, why, and how. Have that all done. Have your web website up and ready to go. Mm-hmm. Have a bio, headshots. Have a goal. Um, you know, be really clear on who your ideal clients are, your ideal audiences, the industry that you want to be niched into. Uh, then, you know, where should you be in terms mm-hmm. of the media? Because it's not just about media relations. It's about community outreach. It's about speaking engagements. It's about events. It's about different types of launching, you know, launching different campaigns. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of people don't understand to get a paid speaking engagement. A lot of free ones are done first. You know, if, yeah, I mean, if you want to publish a book, there's a lot of work on the back end first. If you want to do a TED talk, there's a lot of work that's Mm. going into that ahead of time. It's not instant and overnight and it's a slow climb sometimes, not always. It just depends on the individual and their, you know, expertise and experience and the way they carry themselves. There's a lot of training that needs to be done, which is what you guys do, training speakers, you know, being poised and comfortable in front of a camera. Um, It's the media training, which I've done for hospitals or physicians and anybody else I've worked with. I do, you know, Zoom training for media as well, media training. Uh, So, 
you know, get your ducks in a row first, um, you know, but it's, it's a collaborative effort. It's, I am, you know, I was emailing with a client this morning and it was a Saturday morning and I, I'm very responsive. That's something um, I take very seriously too. It's, you know, certain clients have me on the red phone, you know, and that does cost extra. Some don't need it, but <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's the red phone, you know, especially, um, during the pandemic, I got about like 17 to 19 media placements for a client, but we were like messaging every single day, mm. every single day. And I prep my clients before interviews. I send them talking points. I can do a Zoom call with them. If one of you were a journalist, I can sit just like this and do this virtually, which is beautiful. Um, usually I'll go to a newsroom and hold their hand and give them a bottle of water and say, you got this, you can do this, just be you, you know? So that's, there's a lot that goes into it, a lot that people don't understand. And I, I didn't realize that going on my own and owning my own business because when working for organizations that have been around since 1813, you know, although I did start a media program there, a media relations program there, you know, everything else was already done for me. Right. But if you're new, you're starting from ground level and you have to have patience with everybody. And, you know, the one thing I say is there's, there are no guarantees, media relations to get somebody placed. There's no cost. And I don't do pay to play. I don't pay for things. I don't boost content. I don't, you know, pay for awards right now. You know, those, those pay to play things. I just, I don't, um, I'm not comfortable doing those right now. And I don't think I ever will. Um, and within my group of PR um, professionals, we, we are, are all on the same page about that. You know, I like that genuine, authentic approach to everything. Jen, you're speaking our language and I do appreciate it. This is David. And we've been so encouraged to be able to have this time with you to learn how important it is from the very onset. If you're a startup firm, if you're a recently let's say a newer organization under five years, you've got to really evaluate your need for working with a PR specialist. A public relations specialist like Jennifer can make all the difference in your firm being successful. I appreciate the point she made today about being consistent. The content's got to be great. The content's got to be consistent. Your social media platforms have got to be up to date. Your website's got to be current. You can't be having a video that's outdated. You've got to have current videos, great headshots. You got to be ahead of the game. The, the plan to plan for any type of scenario, good, bad, or ugly, to be able to sit down and say, what's the plan? How do we talk about this internally? How do we get the employees involved? Because they're really the mouthpiece. They're the ones that can hit that reshare button on their phones. That everything needs to be on that format. It can't be in this, this unapproachable, unaccessible, or inaccessible um, platform. And so I really want to thank you for that, Jen. I also want to thank you for sharing with us the value that could come with partnering with someone like yourself and learning to work on trust that it might take some time but if you work on that you're going to build and put your company or your organization in a position for greater success so i want to thank jennifer for joining for joining us today jennifer we're going to leave your information for all our listeners for the audience be able to grab you JLM Strategic Communications this is Jennifer McGinley thank you so much Jennifer for joining the Twins Talking Up program I absolutely enjoyed my time with you both. Thank you so much. I appreciate the opportunity. I'm very grateful. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Twins Talk It Up podcast. Please subscribe and follow us on Instagram 
at DSP Leadership and visit us online at dspleadershipgroup.com to learn more about our workshops and trainings. We will see you on the next episode of the Twins Talk It Up podcast.